Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are master debaters? Wait, no we're not! Oh, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) See? (laughs) For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts and some cool merchandise, visit us at armadillo.club. Sun's going down in Bontomp, Louisiana, and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Sookie Stackhouse novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're reading the prologue through chapter six of Dead Ever After, the 13th and final book in the Southern Vampire Mystery series. Previously, Philippe the Vampire King comes to town to investigate the murder of his local rep, only to get embroiled in another totally unrelated murder. That's just how people get down in this town. Niall reopens the eternally sealed portal, (laughs) yeah, eternally sealed portal, (laughs) to Fairyland just to pop in and say, hey, please stop putting bodies through our mail slot. (laughs) And Claude tags along back to Fairyland. And and so he's like, (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't commit to not doing it. No, no, she doesn't say she won't. She's just like, yeah, yeah, thanks for the heads up. (laughs) Noted that you don't want me to put things in the mail slot. The Cluvial door is burning a hole in Sookie's pocket, and it seems like everyone and their cousin is sniffing around after it. Sam's girlfriend, Janlin, decides to make an enemy of Sookie, which only ever ends one way. So when she was eventually beheaded, no one was really that surprised. Also, Sookie's relationship with Eric is on the rocks when his vampire fiancé shows up in town. He tries to get her to use the Cluvial door to break off his wedding, but Sookie wastes her wish saving the life of stinky old Sam, her boss, instead. Yeah, her exploitative boss. Yeah. That, that guy, uh, for some reason, gets the Cluvial door. Oh, also, there was this whole fairy wear plot to overthrow their respective bosses by turning Sookie against Eric or something. It never made much sense, but all in all, it didn't really end up being important, so who cares? Yeah. The important thing all is... All relevant parties were beheaded. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The beheading solved all that stuff, and we can move on. <laughs> the important thing is Eric and Sookie are broken up, so the race is on to be the next guy to r- catch a ride on Hurricane Sookie, and it's everyone. Anyone's? It's anyone's game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's start this book the very best way there is to start a book, by judging its cover. Yeah, this is a this is a departure from our typical theme in that Suki is not writing anything through the sky. I went back and looked at all the other book covers, and this is the first one where she is on the ground. Yeah, so I guess it's the ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sun is setting. She's walking off into the sunset, I suppose. She's learning to stand on her own. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back at us. Yeah. Uh, a luscious garden crawling with a variety of creatures, and I suspect this is some kind of metaphor, but I can't quite put my finger on it. We have, what, a wolf, a tiger, a bat, a dog. Yeah, can't imagine what these things stand for. It's just random animals, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, who will be the one to, to, you know, love in the garden when the sun goes down? I don't know. Yeah, she, I, if I knew Suki, I would say she needs a boring boyfriend, right? She needs someone stable. Mm-hmm. Who's not anything crazy? Who who in in her life is that? JB. JB Jerome. Now. Yeah. Yeah. now he's married. I mean, Portia married a like accountant or something named Glenn. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. She needs to find herself a Glenn. Just just some like normie norm for. There's guy. a vampire accountant, I bet. Right. I'm uh, sure there are. It's like the no. boringest vampire of all. There must not be because if you had eternal undeath to uh, nothing but time to sample all the pleasures the planet can offer. 
Would you be an accountant? Some, Some people, people really, like accounting. Yeah, that's right. They just like really like numbers. Yeah. If you like accounting and you're listening to this podcast, check us out at Club and find out how you can account us some money. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know what? It's Everyone's got their things. Maybe someone's got an account, uh, an accounting kink, you know? I guess that could be it, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's your most boring interest? Uh, all of my interests are fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pre, pre-Napoleonic uh, naval warfare or something? Uh, you know, uh, no, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely dramatic. Uh, Wait, so it's I, I like sorting socks. Mm. I'll say that. Okay. I find it satisfying. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you're a vampire, I like, I like sorting probably, things in general. You probably still sort things, right? Yeah, I'd probably be the, the sorting vampire, right? Break into people's houses and sort all their stuff. Okay. Well, let's begin with the prologue, January. A New Orleans businessman and his bodyguard slash chauffeur, which have to be Copley, Carmichael, and Tyrese. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in the first paragraph or the for the first page, I was like, oh, this is definitely Amelia's dad because. He's dropping all these clues about his daughter who thinks she has power, but doesn't really understand what power, you know, it's like, okay, this is, this is Copley Carmichael. I didn't figure it out until he mentioned Tyrese. Oh yeah. Tyrese is the bodyguard who's always hanging out with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they're meeting a devil, not the devil. Yeah. There's a bunch of them, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is a devil is different from a demon, right? So this is not like Mr. Catalides, this is a devil, right? Oh, is it? I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was a different thing. I think it might be. Uh, in this case, I know that Mr. Catalides and his various family members are partial mm-hmm. creatures, so maybe that's that's a differentiation. I'm not sure. Maybe. Either way, this seems like a pretty standard deal with the devil situation. You know, your soul in exchange for rewards beyond your wildest dreams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, here's my problem here, right? I have to, I had I wanted to talk to y'all about this. So I'm a person who does not believe in souls, right? Mm-hmm. However, if I learn that devils are real, and in fact that there is a devil who wants to trade my soul for some dope ass shit, I would really have to think about that one because yeah. if you accept <laughs> that the first half of that, of that is real, then you also have to accept that the second half, which is they take your soul into hell. Yeah, like the, what they said. They said to the devil or mm-hmm. a devil, right? Like I don't believe in the soul, so I'll trade it for you. And the devil's like. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Very I, not reassuring. Yeah. Logically, you have to assume that there's going to be some consequences of this deal at some point, right? Yeah. I also uh, feel bad for Tyrese because he rolled into this. He's, you know, when you work for a rich person, sometimes you get get, get a perk, right? You get to fly on the private jet. Yeah. You get to sell your soul to the devil just like they did. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't ask for, I don't know, not having a job, right? Yeah. Like, yes. he, he just asked for the love of, of some woman yeah yeah that should be fine right right, yeah. right guys right yeah <laughs> but, never turn out poorly but the devil's like oh man you're fucked no <laughs> the devil it's always super straightforward yeah. right when you ask for something from the devil they're yeah. like oh yes here's this exact thing yeah no catches that's what they're no. known for yeah exactly yeah, that's, that's right they're known for like really straightforward uh, like straight dealing you know <laughs> mm-hmm. straight dealing doubles is what they always say right <laughs> So that's what Tyrese wants, a woman named Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Copley wants prosperity and influence because he didn't do as well from Hurricane Katrina as he hoped. And we get the simile, quote, my credit is stretched as thin as a condom on an elephant. <laughs> nice. I've never tried to, I can't even imagine what that would, I mean, I can't imagine, but I'd prefer not to, right? Why would an elephant need a condom? Because, you know, they don't want to accidentally yeah. get another pregnant. You know, they, I they, thought they, all they elephants up, were Catholic. Right? It's raining out there. You got to put on your rubber. <laughs> <laughs> there was going to be a joke there somewhere, but no, that's whatever. Uh, yes, but anyway, his signing bonus for bringing along Tyrese will be a favorite to be named later. Mm-hmm. 
We jump ahead to June, still the prologue, and we're on a beach in Mexico with a tall and medium man. Yeah, so I don't understand. This 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 dude is on the beach and he's doing that thing where you sit outside. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. There's I an umbrella there. Oh, okay. But he's not under it. You know the the umbrella like. Why not just be inside, right? Like, yeah, right. I feel like the umbrella is just like a... As we all know, inside is better than outside in every way, except for, like, space. Right, yeah. I, <laughs> it's just like the the umbrella's acknowledgement of where he really should be inside, <laughs> yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But whatever, he's listening to his own sermons, which I thought was a little weird. You know, I listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as, as I mentioned, the, like I, I have a lot of trouble listening to myself talking, so I, okay. I generally don't. I get that. But, but on the right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but on occasion, I have listened to it and I found it pretty entertaining, even though it's just us, you know. Mm-hmm. I've that's the nice thing about having really bad short-term memory. Yeah. All the jokes are fresh. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this tall man is approached by a suspiciously medium man. He's medium in every way, mm-hmm. which I think is always that. That actually made me think of like the the gray the, men. Yeah, the the CIA spooks that are supposed to be like for, imminently forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like interesting, yeah. Yes, uh, but the tall man who's listening to his own sermons is the Reverend Steve Newlin, the guy right. from uh, the Fellowship of the Sun. Was that book two, something like that? Yeah, that was way early on Living Dead in Dallas. You know, honestly, I would have been happy to never hear from this guy again. But, you know, like, we're here at the end of the series and we got to tie up some loose ends. So. I, I guess <laughs> right, we yeah. do. And yeah. he mentions Sookie by name. Yeah, so it, it apparently someone is recruiting people for an anti-Sookie team, which, if you think about it, is the most efficient way to round up and destroy all of Sookie's lingering enemies, yeah. right? I, I, I love this because this... Every comic book hero eventually has this point where they can't write any really interesting news stories for them because, you know, Spider-Man's what is going to fight, an electric guy again? Yeah. yeah. And so they'll have, like, this big crossover where they'll have the deadly foes of Spider-Man where they all team up, like, the Electro and the Blue Beetle and Boomerang all get together and fight him all at once. Oh, no, what will Spider-Man do against all his foes at once? Yeah. And that's what this is. This is it's a super villain team up. I know. <laughs> I'm excited about it. And, like, we know where this is going to go, right? Like, <laughs> right, anyone right. who goes against Sookie, it only goes one way. So <laughs> we're about to be digging a whole bunch of graves, especially now that her mail slot is, you know, closed. Right. Theoretically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forever. More, more digging. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, wait, you're talking about the literal mail slot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, not actually the, the magical mail slot in, in reality where she's been shoving bodies up until... <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, the other metaphorical mail slot. Until Jason fixes her chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> June. Still. This time we're back in New Orleans. Coakley's doing well. Yeah. Yes. He's he, doing great. He meets with the devil again, and Tyrese is now HIV positive from Gypsy. Yeah. Fuck you, all you romantics out there. That's what happens when you love people. <laughs> you get HIV and die. It's yeah. really like, as far as devil curses go, it's not that bad, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very treatable these days. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're with you know a, a person with whom you share love, you know... Then what? Then who cares, right? It's yeah, she loves him a lot, and he loves her a lot, and you know they're, they they could probably be fine, right? I think Tyree's probably better off than than Copley Carmichael is right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> or at least the way he's gonna be, the way he's going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Copley Carmichael learned about the Cluvial door from Amelia, and of course he desperately wants it. Yep. So he's asking for the devil to get him. Uh, a Cluvial door. To find him a Cluvial door. Right, that's right. He asked the devil to find him a Cluvial door. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he mentions that Sookie Sackhouse has one. The devil's like, oh yeah, 
I've heard of her. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> the devil, no, not the devil. A devil has heard of, heard of Slicky's Stackhouse, of course. Yeah. yeah. She sent many souls my way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. No. Oh, shit. Yeah, because fucking Amelia. Yep, I know. Spilled She's, the beans. Again, she cannot, she cannot help telling secrets, yeah. Yeah, and Copley says he wants to use the Cluvial door to get Amelia back, and I was just like, why? <sighs> I know. So She's the worst. Yeah, well, I mean... Amelia? Yeah. Copley's, oh, wow. Copley's pretty bad. Yeah, like, yeah, Copley sucks. I thought Amelia was fun. <sighs> she can't keep her mouth shut, though, yeah. and if you're going to live with somebody who, like, murders people constantly... <laughs> okay, that is a fair point. And She's probably not a good... very oh, bullshit. I, okay, I, I've had roommates, and I don't think it's reasonable to expect your roommate to cover up murders. <laughs> <laughs> was she a roommate, or was she a, one of her boarders? Yeah, okay. Either way, her, you know. One of, one of her the people caught up in, in her hurricane life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Amelia shouldn't have gotten out. We were happy for her when she did. Yeah, I mean, Sookie would probably be better off right now if if Amelia never said anything to anybody ever again. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good point. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Things are looking, looking rough for Amelia. That's why when we were so bewildered by Alcide's dumb idea to, like, be in her bed when she got home at 8 in the morning <laughs> and Amelia suggested it, that was probably her way of, like, getting out. She's like, how can I insult Sookie enough that she'll tell me to get, get out of the house, yes. but I won't end up in the forest? It has to be Sookie's <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> So, on their, on their next meeting, the devil reports that Sugi has used the Cluvial door, and Copley is very upset about this. So mad. And he's decided he's going to go after Sugi, and he, he, he asks the devil if he's, if he's in, and the devil's like, fuck no, I have seen what that woman does to her enemies. Like, I'm good, bro, but hey, you have fun with that. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to throw you some advice, you let this go. And he's like, no, I will get Sugi. He's like, okay. Yeah, see you soon. <laughs> And did you recognize who the devil did the what's up? That was to? Mr. Catalides, right? Yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Catalides. Yeah, like, I, I love that. Even if the devil had had, like, an inkling of an impulse to go after Sookie Stackhouse, he looks over and there's, like, a deadly friend of Sookie Stackhouse right there. Yeah. Just waiting. Just waiting. Yep. Yeah, this is, this is, this is interesting. I, I'm actually, I, I, I love this little subplot that's going on. And I love how, at least for the first part of this book, it's interspersed and everything that's happening because I am, like, dying to see where this slow burn is going, you know? Yeah, honestly, this is fun. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Chapter one. It is the morning after Sookie has raised Sam from the dead. He's, like, hanging out in her yard in the dirt. Yeah, he is not feeling great after his brush with death. And wait, is can you call it a brush with death if you literally die? More than a brush, right? It's like a full-on collision with death. Yeah, I don't like know. A face yeah. plant on the death's windshield or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's clearly he seems depressed or like confused or something. I think is there something going on with Suki's land? Yes, they Suki mentions that her garden is looking mysteriously and suspiciously lush, and I was thinking. This is something to do with what Niall said about all of the murdered magical creatures in her, in her on her property. So this is like fairy fertilizer. I yeah. think so. I think that's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you want to have like a really like good bumper crop, just murder a bunch of fairies on your. On your right. Yeah. 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 Delicious you, tomatoes. You won't believe. <laughs> oh God. Yep. So uh, yeah, she and Sam call in. She, they, oh yeah, that's right. She calls Sam's mom, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that was interesting. Like calling in, calling Sam's mom. I guess she doesn't know her that well, but she has. She's met her a few times, right? I think so. Yeah, because Sam brought Sookie to his 
sibling's wedding. I guess, I, yeah, it, it just struck me as kind of an odd thing to do. If your friend's having a hard time, you call their mom when they're, at well, least when they're in their he's, 30s. Does he have family. friends? His family, right? Yeah. Well, Sookie's his friend, right? Yeah, but besides Sookie. Yeah. I mean, like, with all the all the problems Sookie has, like, yeah. this is pretty far down the list. Oh, he has his girlfriend. Oh, oh no. yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. Sookie also calls in sick, and this is the first time I think I've ever heard her do that, right? Like, she's yeah. had, like, nights where she was up all night in a slaughterhouse... Like, yeah. and then gone to work the next day, right? Yeah. She got staked that time. I'm pretty sure she worked the next day. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, you can tell uh, Sookie is shook, I guess. Yeah. Or Sookie has adapted to life as an ownership class. Oh, that's capitalist. right. You can call in if you own the company, right? Mm-hmm. Unlimited PTO. Mm-hmm. We shift to Arlene. Johan Glassport and Steve Newlin have picked her up from jail. They bailed her out, and, ex- and in exchange, they want her to talk with Sookie. So is it confirmed that that's Johan Glassport? I didn't catch that part. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. sorry. I thought it was, because oh, it was the... He was my guest. He was the, it was the medium guy who was a lawyer in Mexico. Right. And, oh. And everybody looks at him and thinks like, man, that guy sure seems like he kills people. Well, because the only other lawyer we know... Um, that's the only other lawyer we know. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I actually, I, I did not put that together, but that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, does he hate Sookie? I can't remember. I know that he was, he's the, he's the guy who serial kills women in, in Mexico, right? Yeah. Do, yeah. What grudge does he have against Sookie? I mean, a hotel fell on him. Well, yeah, but she didn't, she mostly didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose he could just be the hire. You know, we, we know that uh, oh, Couple yeah. Carmichael is, is looking for... Someone oh, who got sick. Yeah, it could be. It's my yeah, best guess. That makes sense. Yeah. But I, I do like how serial killer he, he is. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just like, just straight up serial killer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they, they are getting Arlene released from prison. And uh, now Arlene is an interesting pick for this anti Sugi death squad. Uh, I mean, she's not what I'd call the most useful person, but you know, I guess you've got to take what you can get. And You know, you, you can get Electro, you can get Blue Beetle, but you got to fill out the ranks so you end up with Boomerang. You know? <laughs> That's a good point. So Arlene is the Boomerang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. probably aren't going to get a Venom. You probably aren't going to get a Green Goblin. No. You just got to get what you can get. Get what you can get. And so Arlene, with nothing better to do with her life, is in. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 2. Sookie decides to go to Fantasia to talk to Eric. So she gets all gussied up in her favorite sundress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does not receive a warm welcome, though. No, he's an asshole. He treats her like a stranger. Oh, also, it's because he's a vampire. Eh, he's not Doesn't get a warm welcome. Cold. Oh, ha. Vampire joke. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. you're right. <laughs> he, 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 he's a, I guess he's in the middle of contract review for, you know, his freedom, so he doesn't have time to chat. Yeah, yeah Philippe's second is about to arrive to go over the marriage contract. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Pam also warns her to stay away, so Suki goes home. Yeah, Pam shows her out and whispers in her ear that Fantasia is not a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. And then shouts, and don't come back, you know. Dumb kind of human. Yeah. Yep. So I guess Suki's kind of left to just brood over it. Um, yeah. Which we know is a, is a bad state, because that's when bad things happen in the yeah. world, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you got to occupy Suki. Yeah, got to keep her busy, because otherwise just murders happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but you know she's relieved to have some human, human interaction when Tara shows up, uh, and I got—I wanted to point out that the Sookie scan when Tara shows up, 
Did y'all did y'all catch yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she's like talks about how her eyebrows are not together. I was like, this woman she gave, just had a, like she, she twins. Had twins like a week ago. Yeah, like <laughs> she's doing great. Holy shit! You're gonna hate on her for her eyebrow care? Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty rough. They decide to go shopping, and Sookie finds a dress for Jason's wedding. Even though, like, chocolate brown? Like, I don't know. Brown does not sound particularly attractive for me in a dress. Yep. Uh, this is this is a good dose of normalcy for our danger junkie Sookie, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. She needs a lady bonding. She did. Yep. The shop attendant, though, is aware who saw Sookie resurrect Sam yeah. from the dead. Aware who saw Sookie once at a distance and is permanently freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> for good reason, right? Like, a lot, of, a lot more people in Sookie's life should be freaked the fuck out by her. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm um, resurrect Sam, and she's like, ah, that was a one-time thing. Can you just fit this dress, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this the were, this is kind of a throwaway thing, but I thought it was interesting. The wear girl mentions that one in 20 women who go through the change turn into assholes. And I was like, oh. Right. Permanent psycho bitch. <laughs> yeah, this this I felt would... like a bit of like retconning to explain the fact there are so many shitty werewolf ladies. What? But, you know. So do you think that's what's up with the, the pelts and, and Janelin? Janelin. Uh-huh. I think that's the implication, yeah. Wow, just bad luck. They were they used to be cool, and then now they're just like... And yeah. then I guess some werewolf dudes just like that's what they're into. So. Yeah, right? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as they're driving home, Tara and Sookie have kind of like a makeup moment, you know? Sorry I abandoned you, but like... I also kind of feel like I get where Tara was coming from because, like, if you think about it, if your friend is dating an apex predator who eats humans, you may, like, have some concerns about that. You may, like, express mm-hmm. some discomfort, but, you know, I guess yeah. I guess you have to accept that like, in Suki's life, I you're going to be Suki's friend. And support you, but I don't think it's good to spend time with the thousand-year-old mass murderer. Yeah, <laughs> like, you shouldn't be dating a great white shark, you know? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you know... That's just gonna be something we're gonna disagree about about your life. I still <laughs> love you. All I'll say on the subject. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Chapter three. Bill comes over and tells Sookie that Eric's other child, Karen the Slaughterer. Ah, uh, new favorite vampire. <laughs> I know, right? The minute I heard that name, I was like, I'm gonna like this one, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even Sookie's like, that's like hard. Why don't they just say Karen the Killer? And Bill basically implies, well, that doesn't really capture the whole idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone could be a killer. Slaughter takes extra effort. <laughs> and she's willing to put in the work, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's fu- like, in the beginning of this chapter, there's a bit about how Sookie can't get pizza delivery people to her house because <laughs> the woods around her house have a reputation. I was like... This is why, right? Because Karen the Slaughterer hangs out in the woods, right? Like, how many pizza guys do you think they lost before? They're like, I'm sorry, we're not delivered to your area anymore. We're not laying any accusations. We, we don't deliver to your area. By your area, I mean specifically your driveway. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the, my neighbors, they deliver to my neighbors. So like, it must be because they don't like driving down the driveway. I was like, yeah, yeah sure. I bet that's it. <laughs> Or maybe it's because your neighbor has house guests named Karen the Slaughterer. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. You know? Who knows? She is in town and she is asking questions about Sookie, which isn't even Sookie's biggest concern. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, my first thought was like, oh, she's trying to kill her. But apparently it doesn't sound like Karen's even there to kill her. And I was like... Why on earth else would she be here? Like everyone's trying to kill Sookie. Are you are you yeah. sure she's not trying to kill Sookie? You think Karen the slaughterer is the one that's not gonna kill Sookie? <laughs> right? <laughs> like of all the people, the one named Karen the Slaughterer is like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm Sookie and I are cool. <laughs> Honestly though, like Sookie the Slaughterer has a nice ring to it, right? 
Oh, actually, that does. That rolls. The yeah. number of people she's killed in the last, like, year alone is uh-huh. far greater than zero. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite in the double digits, but it's also not that far off from the double digits. <laughs> yep. Karen the killer, Sookie the slaughterer. Yeah. One of the wares spilled the beans about how Sookie rescued Sam. Yeah, so I guess everyone knows about the deal now, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it's... Bill has, like, an interesting defense for Eric, which is... He wasn't. He didn't actually expect Sookie to use a Cluvial door. He just wanted to know that she she would potentially, right? And also fuck Sam to death, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she wanted. To, she should have just let him die. And, Eric, and Bill's like, you should have just let him die. And I just don't know how I feel about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, these vampires are assholes. Yeah. I, I guess they like they're around a lot of people dying. That's, that's so actually something that I admire about Charlene Harris's writing is that she these vampires have become humanized. Head. Uh, and, and, you know, romantic interests, but they're also very alien in that sense. They like, mm-hmm. do not care about life. You're right, you're right. There, if the solution to a problem is let someone die or kill them, they're always opting for that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, because they really don't see humans as, like, on the same level as they are at any point. Even the, one, even the ones like Eric, who really loves Sookie, they're like, I love you in spite of the fact that you're mortal, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Bill points out that Sookie has feelings for Sam. So Bill says, "Well, we've literally all been thinking for thirteen books." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like, so he's like, doy. "What do you mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> you mean my boss? Yeah, the one you you gave up your only fairy wish to to save the the only one who's been with you for thick and thin." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he says something like, "Well, say it were Terry Bellaflor, your friend who was dying there, would you use your fairy wish for him?" She's like, "Well, I don't think so." <laughs> okay then. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, this this is a good talk. Why don't, why don't we all just sit with this for a while? <laughs> We'll circle back around later. <laughs> yeah. Sookie goes into work and there's a new employee on. And it's weird that at the very end of the series, Charlie and Harris is adding two new characters. Hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. But sure. She seems fun. The new waitress. Yeah. So, so- also, I want to point out that even though both Sookie and Sam have been out sick for several days, the bar is running just fine. Almost as if these bosses don't actually contribute anything to... I'm just saying, you know... It's, yeah. They're just rent seekers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they aren't all important. Yeah, Sookie moves into management and immediately becomes useless. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> she visits Sam, who is sitting in the dark and not doing super great. Yeah, uh, it turns out dying and being brought back to life isn't the wonderful experience you'd expect, you know? Yeah, chapter four. He does not remember that Janelin is dead. Yeah... Yikes. Mm-hmm. So Sookie's like, well, let me take this minute when you're feeling pretty low to catch you up on all the traumatic events that your mind tried to block out. Yeah. <laughs> Is your mom here? She's going to want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she tells him about the fight, about his own death, the execution of Janeline, all of it. Mm-hmm. And it, you, I get the feeling that maybe Sam wasn't ready to hear all this. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't soften the blow at all. Mm-hmm. No, no, she doesn't. I mean, she she's like, I didn't give him all the gory details. I was like, well, no, but still. <laughs> like, I guess it's true you did not describe what her beheaded head looked like, but still, yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah, you know, I didn't talk about the blood spurting out of her neck or anything like that. You know, I feel like Sam wasn't ready for that. But next time, <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. Yes, yeah, Sam's mother is not happy with Sookie. Yeah. She goes back to work and checks the bar's mail, and Jane Boathouse, the resident drunk, is suing Merlots for damages from the firebombing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually, honestly, pretty reasonable. Medical right? bills are expensive, and yeah, surely yeah. the bar has insurance. That's that exactly what I was thinking. It's like, this is why businesses have insurance. I assume they do. Yeah, and yeah. she doesn't have insurance, I'm no. assuming. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Arlene. 
I think this is the kind of thing that small businesses like that get all the time. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's why you have that insurance. Yeah. Yep. Arlene shows up and she kind of gives a half-assed apology to Sookie and then asks for her job back and Sookie's like, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it to Sookie, you know? She does not bother with the Southern etiquette that, that she usually does. She just goes straight for the facts. Like, how have you been since your friends tried to literally crucify me? Yeah. How, is it great in prison? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, this is the first, the first time that I think she's really like dropped the politeness and been like, no, no. Just no, you know? I guess it takes trying to crucify her to uh, strip away that those good manners. Yeah, I, I know. That's a bridge too far. Yeah, and, and, and for what it's worth, Arlene's remorse feels really false, right? Like, it's some bullshit about how she wouldn't have really let them murder her, but, like, come on. Yeah. You cannot lie to a telepath. Yeah. Suki knows, right? Yeah. Uh, so she says she's, you know, sorry and all that, but uh, clearly what she's there for is to get something her job back and so he now part owner is more than happy to tell her to get fucked <laughs> so yeah i guess that's one advantage of uh being made sam's partner is that you Indeed, can yeah, do you're, this without you're, consulting uh, the people who attempted murder on you uh you can tell them to take a hike so he chats with bernie sam's mom sam's mom is going back to texas and quote owes Suki a life yeah, uh, and she take like she she gets the more detailed side of what happened to you know Sam, and she actually takes it pretty well in stride. I guess if you're a magical creature, you just assume that all this magical weird shit is just like yeah. oh yeah, that's that tracks. Stuff happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, you know at least the you know at least it's all sorted out. Sure. Cut to Arlene. She tells the two men that Sookie said no. And they don't care. They just wanted her to be seen entering her lots. Yeah, these dudes are throwing all kinds of creepy red flags at this point, right? Yeah, like Even if, Arlene should be picking up on this. Right. If she had any sense of self-preservation, she'd be way more wary of the situation. But, you know, I guess she is what she is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's all like, well, I, I need to find a place where I can live with my kids. And they're like, don't worry. It won't be a problem after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, she, now her new mission from them is to get into Sookie's house and steal one of her scarves they give her a magic talisman to get through the wards. Yeah, presumably they also do some villainous laughter, like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of evil innuendo flying around in this conversation. No kidding. Chapter five. Sookie sees Terry Belfour. He married his girlfriend Jimmy, and he's a grandpa. Yeah, this is this is a, this is a funny conversation because it's just like this all happens really fast. You know, he's like, "Hey, how have you been?" He's like, "Oh, I asked uh, Jimmy to marry me, and then I married her." And now I have grandkids. And so it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, good job, Terry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you can see, feel like Sookie's concerned growing. And then she's like, you know what? Wait, Not my problem. Good, yeah, good for you, man. And then we hear, that's a series wrap on Terry Belfour. <laughs> that's right. Hey, he has a, this is, this, isn't this what uh, she envisioned for him or something? I think so. Yeah, they get yeah, married and, they, and have they, lots they of get married, puppies. And then, and then his dog gets married with, the, with Jimmy's dog. <laughs> that's right. They get married too. Yeah, they, that's right. Everyone's happy. Including the dogs. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sookie goes home and she can tell that her accessory drawer has been messed with. I gotta be honest. You could probably steal a lot of random stuff from my house and it would take me weeks to notice. Yeah. If I ever. If I you know, ever did. Yeah, yeah. I would never notice. Yeah. If somebody yeah. stole like a, a pair of my underwear. I mean, I'm not telling you you should do that, listeners. Please <laughs> don't break into my house and steal my underwear. But if you did, I probably wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. She's like, someone's been in my drawer. Hmm. <laughs> yes. My scarves aren't arranged the way I arranged them. Well, <laughs> they did say that she had done that very recently while she was home and going stir crazy. She rearranged her accessories drawer. So that is true. I mean, I guess maybe then. 
She calls Eric, and he's going to talk to her tomorrow. Yeah, he actually answers the phone, surprisingly. But mm-hmm. he, he's, you know, he won't come to talk to her. I guess he's busy with his vampire royalty. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Cataliotti's emails, he has some information for Sucky. And he's also worried about her. And I was like, yeah, same, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to sleep, and Eric shows up in her bedroom. Yeah, as is tradition, right? It's been a while since we've had a, a Sookie bedroom visitation in the middle of the night. Yeah, so it's classic. I imagine she's kind of missed it, you know? <laughs> she's like, oh, this is this is what I this is what I remember. This is familiar, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's speaking her love language. Yeah. <laughs> he says he has to be publicly cold to her, but he still loves her. And he says that he's going to leave a guard. This guard enters her bedroom without her knowledge or permission. Yeah. And freaks her out. I, I do want to yes. say that... That what Eric actually says is something like, no matter what I say to you in public, I actually am really into you. Uh, the subject being that he's about to do something super shitty to her in public, which, uh, yeah, yeah, sounds like a great foundation for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, it, also, sneaking in a guard while you're while she's asleep. Yes. Chapter six. It's Karen. Yeah. Karen the slaughterer. Okay. <laughs> I love this. Like, they're sort of feeling each other out, and so he can't uh, help but notice that Eric clearly has a type, right? Yeah, I, I love that. Like, she's like, I'm blonde. Pam's blonde. Karen is blonde. We're all about the same shape and size. Uh-huh. Huh. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Suki gives her shit for wearing yoga pants, but I am with Karen here. Yoga pants are awesome, you yeah, know? Yeah, if you if you crouch, like, Karen doesn't sit down, right? She crouches. You know, uh-huh. Yoga pants. Yeah. I, 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 I am really digging Karen the Slaughter. I have a feeling that I'm going to like Karen the Slaughter. <laughs> She seems fun. Yeah. The next day, Sookie goes into work, and Sam finds Arlene's body in the dumpster. My first thought here was that someone actually did this as a gift for Sookie, you know? But it's also possible she was, like, loose end for the anti-Sookie squad or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. with the added bonus of Sookie being on the suspect list. But the first thing that came to my mind was when uh, Bernie said, I owe you a life. And right. then Arlene, she was like, oh, you really don't like Arlene, huh? I was like, huh? <laughs> Maybe? No. Right. Probably yeah. not. But I mean, maybe. Just take down the list. Like, it could be Bernie. It could be Bellinos. He would do this. He probably would have bitten her, though. Yeah. Uh, Mr. C. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Callie would have done yeah. it. Uh, Bill and or Eric and or Pam. Uh, maybe Pro- Karen the Slaughter. Probably Karen the Slaughter, right? Yeah. Like, what is Karen the Slaughter? How does she slaughter? Oh, scarf strangling. I At mean, one point, a seed could do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like this, any any number of people could and would do this as a favor to Suki. Yeah, Suki. Even at, at one point in the comp- in, in this chapter, she's like, you know, if I had asked Karen the Slaughter to to kill Arlene, I bet she would have done it. You know, <laughs> we just met, but she would definitely do it. And I, and I don't think she's wrong. You know. Yeah. And Sookie and Sam have a conversation about whether or not to move the body before yeah. they call the cops. I know, I know. There's this like minute where they're like uh, moving it, disposing it. I, I think it's a force of habit thing, right? <laughs> yeah. like, and it's funny, they don't land on it because it's like the right thing to do. They're like, yeah, that'd be messy. Yeah, it's like, she's in a dumpster. Yeah. Ugh, do we really want to go through all that? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she calls the cops and she's like, oh yeah, we found another body in the corpse hole. Sorry, I mean the Merlot parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where everybody just can't help but leave their corpses. I was trying to think. Sookie's driveway, the Merlot's parking lot. Which has had more dead bodies in it? Mm, not oh. counting vampires. Oh. Not counting vampires. The, ooh, yeah. I don't know. That's a tough call. A lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe equal, you know, honestly. But Sookie has an alibi. They determine Arlene must have been killed early, early that morning. Uh, and her alibi is Karen, which made me wonder, is that why Eric sent her? Oh, that's an interesting point, yeah. Yeah. 
I also think it's funny because this is like yet another murder in- interrogation he's in where she doesn't like doesn't have to lie because she doesn't know or care what happened to this person. Yeah. It's like this last book, you know, with Kim Rowe and now and now Arlene, she's like, I don't know, man. This, this is where I was. This is what I was doing. Did, don't have any idea. Yes. <laughs> in fact, this time she has even less idea because last time she was like, she really thought it was probably Eric who did it. But yeah. this time she's like, oh, I have no clue. I thought it was Eric who did it. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But the scarf around Arlene's neck is Sookie's. Yeah, he tries to spring this on her like he's being clever and Sookie's like, I'm a telepath. You know I'm a telepath, no, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Come on, Andy. Yeah. Besides, like, this is not even in the top five ways that Sookie likes to kill people, right? Come right. on. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is a scarf? Fun. Nice try, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's all, like, humid and smelly out there. She wouldn't do that. No. no. Gross. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, <laughs> if she killed Arlene, Arlene would be in the fairy hole, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. She wouldn't leave the body with the scarf in the dumpster, right? Yeah. Like, she's literally never the done dumpster that. where she works. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you've never found any of the people I've killed. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, if Andy comes, you know, calling to ask her a whole bunch more questions, she's got her Papa John pizza portal now. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. No, it's closed now, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess it's officially closed. Has she, she gone gotta... and verified that? Yeah. She hasn't checked. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Maybe they slept. Maybe they still left a little, a little hole. She thinks about which lawyer to call. I'm glad she's thinking about calling a lawyer. And hey, we learned that she gave Sam $10,000 and she had used a lawyer which is a little bit of retconning, because I seem to recall that she like literally walked into his office with a check and was like, you take this to the bank right now and deposit it. Yeah. yeah. I also think that it was implied that it was more than $10,000, because if you consider like a third of Merlot's business, $10,000 is pretty cheap probably, right? I, yeah. I'm, not, not, I'm not saying it's a million dollar business, but it's probably like worth yeah, $10,000 seems pretty low. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, sure. I guess... Uh, Good deal for her. She she talks about the fact that her her money is currently the 150k that Claudine gave her is not some not uh, available yet. It's frozen mm. for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Probably because some rando gave her 150 thousand dollars out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is one of those things that the the government like has little red flags about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Copley may have something to do with it. Yeah, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he also talks to Sam about her situation with Eric. Um, and she's pretty sure this meeting with Eric tonight is going to be bad, a uh, public breakup or something. And Sam offers to go with her, which is a pretty big offer, right? Like yeah. in a situation, like this is a vampire situation where, you know, if it's a wear situation, you bring Sam, that's one thing. If it's a vampire situation, you bring Sam, then like, what's he going to do, right? <laughs> he's going to, yeah. he's probably going to die, right? Yeah, he's just going to die. But he could also just be like a little mouse and be in her pocket. That is true. Aww. Right? That's just, so cute. I just feel like he doesn't have a whole lot to, like, he's not the level of, of, of danger that, that is needed for the situation, right? True. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a were-tiger. Maybe, maybe he could turn into a killer whale or something. <laughs> would you think that would be useful? For a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm to think for a very bit. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, somewhere else. Yeah, someone Someone sinister, elsewhere. yeah, yep. is updating someone else sinister on the situation. It's very yep. mysterious. Those <laughs> two men killed Arlene and planted a charm in a cop car, which happened before. What What do you think the charm thing? What, I don't, I'm not sure what that means. I think it's the same because remember, I'll see Beck had it before they planted a charm in his oh. car and then he was super against Sookie. Oh, I, was I, like, I totally out to forgot try to about that. Kill her. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, that does make sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we don't know what that coin is though, right? 
I think I didn't know until Alice said it that it was just a token to get her get Arlene through Suki's wards. Oh, okay. yeah. Like okay, so it's your harm. It's like a, a protective charm kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're using, they're using some witchcraft stuff here, huh? Yeah. They are interesting. That is very interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. Wait, do you, what witches don't like Suki that are alive? Well, there was that whole werewitch coven, but I think they're all dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're super they dead. They let any of them live? Like, yeah. No, Pam got to interrogate them. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone we haven't met yet. Certainly not Amelia's circle. She would, she's, she wouldn't do that. If I were Copley Carmichael, I would pay off some witches in her circle. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I, I did notice that when Arlene was thinking about the person that has her kids... She's a Fowler, and she mentioned that her sister, Jan Fowler, had died in that fire out of the cabin. And I think that's the main ad? Oh! Oh! Oh, yeah! And then the vampires covered it up. That's right, yeah. I totally forgot about that. She was one of the women in the world's saddest orgy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that was a callback. Nice! No, you're totally right. I completely forgot about that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. So he gets them all. (laughs) That's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 7 through 14 of Dead Ever After, the 13th book in the Southern Vampire Mystery series. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bennett Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I don't have any of those things. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good good night. night. Okay. Okay.